There it's official. Yeah. Beautiful sunshine booming through our window this morning. Extreme fog earlier. But it's, uh, for all intents and purposes, gone now. Seventy-three degrees, they say it's going to be today. And eighty-five tomorrow. I'm going to get some lawn mowing done for sure. Good morning, folks. Welcome. It's the party line on uh, WATH. And uh, we've had a good week. We've had... Uh, had Jay, uh, no, uh, Susan Hostetler on the air um, on last Tuesday to talk about the, uh, the the Dairy Barn auction, which is coming up on uh, May 7th. We had um, Race for a Reason, Bill Hoschild talked all about that. We had the Mary yesterday. Just a good week. Well, perhaps you're wondering what this coming week looks like. We've got uh, Angela Marks on Tuesday. Who? Angela Marks. Really? That's cool. I haven't seen her for a long time. Okay, I didn't know where you were going with that. Oh, Angie. Is that the same Angela Marks, I presume, that used to work here? Angie? Well. <laughs> What's she going to be discussing? The Athens County Humane Society. Hmm. Okay. We'll find out, won't we? Uh, I guess so. <laughs> I, I'm having a little um, brain lapse here. Angie, that used to work at the front desk where yeah. Krista does. Okay. okay. Angela, that's her last name, too. Marks. Yeah. Well, then I'm. Then it'll be extra fun. If it's her, yeah. yeah. Anyway, Angela Marks <laughs> going to be in on Tuesday to talk about the Humane Society, right? Okay. Roxanne, good old Roxanne Melee Brunet. You like saying that, don't you? Well, it's it has a certain ring to okay, it. Okay, do it again. One Mel- more. Melee Brunet. There you go. Um, anyway, Rox is going to be in, and, um, Rox is, um, she she used to help me book some really interesting guests from the university community, and, uh, I recently reached out to her, and, well, well, first of all, she reached out to me to say, hey, it's gardening time, and, you know, one of her absolute passions is home gardening. And, and I mean flowers and things like that. Not not like um, necessarily garden for a food. Mm-hmm. 
So um, cool. Anyway, she's gonna also start helping me book some guests from uh, the university. So that's cool. And then uh, we'll have a second show regarding HapCap. That's the Hawking Athens Perry Community Action Project. I think I have that right there. Community Action. It's got to be projects. Anyway, so um, Eva Loop and is setting that one up, and she's nice. We had her on uh, with some other folks that she brought in, um, what a week or so ago. And looking farther ahead, we got County Commissioner Chris Meal and Jeff Maiden, the Athens County Engineer. Oh, good. All that sort of thing. Good. Be looking forward to having Jeff come in. Sure. All right, well, then let me put this up here. Too. Well, all of them for that matter, but, you know, we haven't had Jeff here for yeah. a while, too. But, so. but there's this list on the wall of the ones you don't like. Uh, there is? Well, I, I thought so. that was your list. No, I thought that was, well, then whose list is it? I don't know. It has your signature on it. So. Oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> it. First of all, there is no list, <laughs> and second, uh, we're just teasing each other <laughs> April Fool's about yeah. 22 days later. Yeah, yeah. So, speaking of which, it is April 22nd, and today today is National Earth Day. It's also National Jelly Bean Day. National Day of Silence. National Donate Life Blue and Green Day. Yeah, got to look that one up, Scott. Okay. National Donate Life Blue and Green Day. Then I'll keep going. National Girl Scout Leaders Day. Okay, so that's that's what it is. Um, this uh, place that we go to, did you see how they changed it up starting today? Yeah. It's uh, an entirely different look to their website. A little different format there. Yeah. Not to confuse us, though. No, we found it anyway. National Donate Life Blue and Green Day. Yeah, we're we're still still digging in, getting getting the squirrels twirling the I'll wheel a, here. I'll have a sip of coffee while you're. Yes, please do. It's a good day for that. Every day is a good day for that. I love the smell of coffee. By the way, as I'm killing time, as but you you, <laughs> you drink it too, right? Occasionally. Oh. Yeah, not not very often. You're more the smeller guy. Huh? Yeah, I'm a smeller when it comes to that. I'll make it any time of the day. Just to smell it? Yeah. People say, "Why don't you get a coffee-scented candle?" I'm like, "It's not the same." Not the same. No, it's it's the smell of coffee, yes, but just mm, doesn't do the aroma. You ever driven through? And and there are other drive-thrus like this too but mickey d's you go through that drive-thru window i can always smell the coffee that comes out the window mickey d is mcdonald's yeah mcdonald's okay yeah i can always smell that doesn't matter what time of day it is always smells so good and actually i've gotten a cup of coffee and sat it in my car and just let the aroma kind of waft through the suv dandy good smell i'll be darned yeah, how about that? But then, you know, I give it to mom or somebody. They can warm it up and yeah. drink it later. Mm-hmm. doesn't go to waste. 
So I'm, all right. you know, I'm thinking back to when did I first have a McDonald's sandwich, a burger. In fact, I think in the early days they didn't have all the many options of other things that they do today. It was on North High Street. In Bo- Columbus, not Athens, right? I was getting there. Okay. Folks, if you think of North High Street in Columbus, uh, years ago there was the Graceland Shopping Center. And um, it was way ahead of other shopping centers in Columbus. And just one block north of it was the first McDonald's I can ever remember. And some of my high school buddies were talking about, have you ever tried that? It is awesome, you know. (laughs) And so we ended up, a car of four guys, Burt Brainerd, Dan Radcliffe, um, Ralph Lowry, myself. Wow, you got them all. Yeah, I did get them. That's good. You know, I think John Lucas was in there, too. Anyway. That must have had a real impact on you to remember all that. Well, these were my friends. Yeah. John Lucas is a famous theater guy in Seattle now. Uh, Ralph Lowry. uh, I think he was a the athletics department up at um, Youngstown University. Is there a university up there? In Youngstown? Yeah. Yeah, Youngstown State. Okay. Jim Trussell's the, uh, is he the president up there now? I think he might be, or the AD. uh, Well, I think Ralph was the AD. Football coach. But uh, anyway, uh, who else? Burt Brainerd has passed. Well, anyway, it's funny. I'm starting to reminisce here. Yeah. Well, you know, things that mean something to you, or anyone for that matter, they are launched into the subconscious, you know, and then they remain there until, you know, we think about things like a retrieval cue, what they're called. Like when I mentioned McDonald's, mm-hmm. that got your retrieval yeah, it, cues it, going it, there. It popped it, right. Yeah. And, okay, so... Yeah, let's do another one. Um, White Castle. Whitey's. Okay. Um, Ingram. Yeah, Ingram. Um, The Ingram... Suddenly I'm losing my friend's first name. Is it Daryl? No. I remember you saying it. Sarah? No, no, no. Anyway, his father started it. And look what it's become. And um, and now today he's, um, you know, his father's gone. He's the guy. And uh, 
white castles. And how can something be so unique? Lisa, Billy? Bill. Bill. Bill, Bill Ingram. Thank you. You're really digging into your machine this yeah, week. Hey, I'm on it, man. Yeah. It's a Friday. It's like, let her rip. Bill, Bill Ingram is the head of White Castle. And um, as I said, his father uh, built it all. And look what they've done up there in Columbus and really everywhere. It is uh, still, I don't know of a sandwich quite as unique as a White Castle I don't slider. Either. Yeah. Remember we had Don call in the other day, yeah. Monday, about Whitey's, about sliders? Yeah, and they now you in any of our markets, you know, they have them in the frozen section as well. Yeah. I've had them from there, but they're just not as good oh, as no. like coming right out of, of the Whitey's and that sack of, of course. that. And the fries are delish, too, if you want a good, greasy, tasty French fry. <laughs> those are delish. <laughs> it's the hamburgers that make the mark for me. Oh, yeah, those are good, too. All right. Well, anyway, we're just really wasting time here yeah well having fun yeah while we were getting to the green blue and green on national organ donor day oh right is that what it's about donate life donate life yeah okay so why do they have the blue and green well that's what i was trying to dig up here why i you know googled in why wear blue and green on national organ donor day and it comes back with this response. Blue and green are the official Donate Life colors. Every year during National Donate Life Month in April. See blue, see green, think Donate Life. But it doesn't okay. give the significance of why those two colors were chosen. Well, anyway, it is what it is. Yeah. And so uh, the concept is great. Yeah, go, it goes on to say uh, where that the, the blue and green will help raise awareness to uh, donate life. Donor organ recipients can share their experiences. Uh, family members can share their experiences. Organ donation takes many forms, as we all know, most likely. And uh, you can register to be an organ donor in several ways. When you update your ID card, you can indicate your preference there. Uh, another way to, is uh, to register. You can visit organdonor.gov. Mm-hmm. So there are multiple ways to do that. Uh, whether you know the, there is a deceased uh, living, donations happen to, as we know, that uh, a lot of kidneys are donated in that fact, in that fashion. Uh, according to Donate Life America... Nearly 124,000 people in the United States are awaiting some type of organ transplant. Hmm. So, again, National well, uh, Donate Life. 124,000, did yeah. you say? Yeah. Okay. According to Donate Life America. Which is a big number, but not when you think of our nation. That means there's a lot of action actually happening. A lot of those... Um, Needs are being fulfilled, and the more we can do it, the better it is. Yeah, when we have a population, what, 330 million, yes. something like that, right. in the U.S.? So All still, right. those 124,000 you know, means, means the world to them. Of course. 
means their life, obviously. You know, we're we're in this. Um, people who know me know I'm a foodie. Um, so we're going backwards, like we, you know, we were talking about White Castle and my first McDonald's and that sort of thing. As I think of growing up, my mother was a great cook, and I don't mean like fancy schmancy stuff. I mean just really good food. And I think the tendency to eat out was not... um, I think today's society has a higher or greater frequency of eating out. Hence, far more restaurants available, right? Yep. But when I think of the times that my family did go out to have a bite to eat, Howard Johnson's. Remember those? Sure do. Once again, I mentioned Graceland Shopping Center. Right across from it on North High Street. Almost the corner of Morris Road in High. Was a Howard Johnson's restaurant. And I bet we ate there once every other week. And um, I can't remember specifically if certain foods that I liked there or anything. It, it just was something my family did. And my family was my mother, my father, and myself. My sister Carol was 14 years older. She was in college by the time I have much re- recollection of her. <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, they adopted me later in their life. So, um, now, the high lie. We didn't go there that frequently, but we went there often, maybe once every other month. But we would walk in there, and so many people would know my dad and my mom. And I think I've mentioned they would sometimes meet other couples there that they knew for a meal. Woody and Ruth Hayes. Somewhere there's a picture. I've misplaced it, but I, I, we are, Pat and I are in the process of going through pictures and trying to find memorabilia, right? That for some reason or other has been temporarily mislocated. But there's a picture of me being bounced on Woody's knee in the Highlight restaurant. Now the Highlight doesn't exist and we had a medical appointment up there at... uh, part of the James Hospital last week 
And as I looked down the street, I swear, I hope this is not true, but I swear, I think there was construction equipment tearing down what was the building. And it was a very distinguished-looking building. But it was a very high-class restaurant in Columbus. You know, this reminiscing could go on forever. Oh, yeah. Especially when you think about food and enjoyable experiences, things that you liked and you looked forward to going back to. I remember going to a... The Worthington Inn. Yep. Uh, We ate there probably every Sunday um, right after church. And, you know, there's a big backlash going on in Worthington as we speak because the Worthington Inn is, uh, it's not like it's being torn down or anything, but it has ceased being a restaurant. And people don't want that to happen. They want that tradition and history to continue. Oh, well. You were going to say. Oh, there's a uh, a buffet that, that we used to go to in Myrtle Beach, and it seems like it was out on Hamilton Road. I can't think of the name of it right now. And there was also a buffet in Myrtle Beach when we would take family vacations there. And uh, we went to that place, I don't know how many times during the week. You know, you're there for a week, and we went maybe, I don't know, three or four times during yeah, the week, whether it, it was lunch or dinner. Hamilton Road. I, I know what you're talking about. I don't have the name for it. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it was it really was good. The, real close to Eastland Shopping Center. Yeah, it was one of those. Uh, you just, you know, you remember the food there was really good, and yeah. and uh, you know, uh, price was decent. You know, when you're going in there with a family of however many you, you had, it was it was a pretty good pretty good feeding time, as they say. Yeah, we had somebody, did we? Well, momentarily. Um, this phone's been flashing a lot. I just noticed, though. So I apologize for people having to wait. Uh, here comes one now. Good morning. That was probably me. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um, and when you two were talking, and I've just tuned in, about uh, you were reminiscing, um, yeah. there is a phrase out there in the world that says, you can't go home again. Well, <laughs> and that change, happens to yeah. all of us. Yeah, they change. Yeah. Yeah, and, the, the and, only way we can go home again is, I guess, reminisce about it. <laughs> or or, or, photographs, or yeah. photographs on the wall, right? Yeah. I can't go home again because my house has been taken over by a university and, and, and it's no longer in existence. So, you know, it happens. But that's not why I called. I called because yesterday I heard something on public television news portion of that. And I thought, I'll ask you guys this question. Would you give me a definition of a comfort woman? And this was in regard to, uh, I heard this term, comfort woman, in um, Korea and um, and Japan. I'm guessing it might be another term that one could put in there, a mistress? Okay. Or is that somebody like a prostitute? <laughs> I, I don't have a clue, but... Well, you've got uh, a handy-dandy guy behind you there right. that could look it up on a, <laughs> on his phone. I was about to say the same thing. 
Well, oh, you, good. you know, uh, what, what you just referred to is along those same lines uh, because it's showing well, me. Are, that, are we talking about a hooker? Mm-hmm. Okay. They were but sometimes f- she may be a permanent uh, fixture. Correct, <laughs> yes. Like yeah. So a, a salaried hooker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a comfort woman. Well, yeah. Well, Why don't they just don't get know. married? Well, yeah. they have wives. That's right, they have wives. She just won't, she won't perform like a comfort woman, I guess. Oh, my. <laughs> Mercy. I don't you're, you're know. You're getting into more detail than I think. Uh, well, you know, it's such a strange thing. You know, you hear about these people when they're in the new, or they're speaking in Japanese and Korean. I can't speak that language, but <laughs> I thought, and the woman was sort of putting her head down, you know. Well, many people in that in that region of the world do, women do look down. <laughs> look down like you know you don't have your your they don't meet well, your well, eyes well, like was, in america what was, what was the context of the story <laughs> what why, why were they doing this they were doing something i don't know and i didn't catch it and i never saw it after that and it was but on I, public broadcasting television pardon me it was on pbs tv yes t- i only have pbs i don't have cable Okay. So most likely it was a documentary of some sort? No, it was a news thing. I don't oh, know what it was about. Current news. And I thought, oh, somebody got caught. That's all I could think of. <laughs> no, I am doing <laughs> Anyway, I think I've heard that in a movie or something one time in the past. But, yeah. And I thought, oh, this is the 21st century. There are still comfort women out there. <laughs> well, Those I, are the I, things politicians I like the term. Yeah. I think the term's kind of nice. What? Rel- relative to... Being a prostitute or a hooker, those are very um, harsh negative. terms. Negative, negative yeah. terms. So yeah. you're you're saying this new term is PC, then politically correct? No, I just think no, that's what they you. probably always called them. Not you, Dave. Oh, well, more so than the others. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> I know, but you you take about any questions. So I thought, well, I will ask you, and you've got that you have that uh, reference librarian in the back that's there. Right. He could. He could look up stuff. Okay, you ready? Here's what it says. Okay. Comfort women or comfort girls were women and girls forced into sexual slavery by the Imperial Japanese Army in occupied countries and territories before and during World War II. The name Comfort Women is a translation of the Japanese Ianfu, a euphemism for prostitutes. Oh. Oh. So that's that was the reason I said was it a documentary of some sort because apparently this started with the Japanese uh, uh, Imperial Japanese Army that apparently it was accepted during that time yeah. in Japan. Well, well, I hope you folks don't forget about informing the public about what is going on in Ukraine because uh, you know we've got all those people now. They, they there are nine thousand people buried in this one place and. Just these mass graves and everything, and it, it must be the hardest thing to not only see these people, but then have to go and put them decently in the ground. And um, and 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 there's no way, from my my viewing of any of this, that Ukrainian people will ever ever forgive him at all. I mean, they're very religious and so on, but he's actually pushing. Uh, Putin's actually pushing the notion that this is a evil country and they don't believe in God and all of these things. And they do. They're, they're Eastern Orthodox Christians. And Let me, um, let me t- share something that happened last night. Um, 
neighbor and ourselves, we went to, um, oh, what, uh, Texas Steakhouse, whatever that's called down there. Texas Roadhouse. Thank you. And, um, you know, they have booths and you can, booths in uh, a booth near us was having a conversation. And the, uh, the, there was a couple there who had been in the Ukraine, and they had the accent, and they were telling stories. And no, we couldn't hear every word, but we heard enough to know that they were so grateful to be here. And here that is Athens, Ohio. You know, and we hear about this in happening in, oh, I don't know, other places around the world. But this was someone who managed to get here. And I wanted to go and ask if they'd mind being a guest on the show, but it, it would have made them so obvious that I had been <laughs> overhearing their conversations. Um, wow. You know, two, yeah, two houses over for me is owned by uh, a Ukrainian. Hmm. He rents it now, but uh, yeah. My daughter-in-law is calling me, and she should know I'm on the air. And I have one other suggestion, Dave. You've you've gone to the health department of to course. get your vaccination, yep. your your fourth one. Yep. Uh, when you walk in the door, besides it being a very colorful. Place now, you know they got lots of decorations from from local people, um, probably from Passion Works and Passion like. Works and yeah. so on. But there's a there's a plastic envelope with different things in it, and in there you need to go by and get that envelope so that you can put on your um, person a button that says "Hug me, I'm vaccinated," and it's put out by the regional council. Um, Whatever the rest of this, I can't read it. It's in little teeny tiny print, but it's the Regional Council of Aging or something. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But you need to get that button that says, hug me, I'm vaccinated. I went to hug Jackie. I know, and that was very upsetting for me because, you know, you love her. Yeah. <laughs> and, and she she, she, she did allow me to, but you could tell she was. Um, she pulled back slightly. Yeah, slightly. yeah. And you felt it deeply. Yes. It's just like when the mayor was on, you know, with his own children, that he he wanted to hug them and wanted to do, and they had to be separated from. And yes, yes, yeah. and I think that's one of the things that we need to point out to people is that once you're vaccinated, you really are safe to give a hug. <laughs> and now we're taking off our mask and so on. Not every place, of course, but I think those masks will will save people's lives because you know. You have these underlying conditions and and things like that, but it must. And I could feel it over the air what you said, mm. and other, anyone else listening to could feel the same thing. And we all wanted to just give you a hug, <laughs> <laughs> okay. and and uh, so you know, get that button and and put it on. And and um, I'm glad you didn't print that you've been vaccinated on a shirt or something because you would have had to get a new shirt because you got a new one. <laughs> That's right. And I am grateful to you for letting the public know that that was available because that's how we learned it was available. Yeah, and um, it's a very simple process. And uh, at least in our case, there was no wait time whatsoever. 
Um, other than afterwards, you would just wait 15 minutes, read a te- read a magazine or something. In our case, we had a conversation with uh, Dick Gaskell. Um, n- you know, but af- after you've had this shot, they want you to wait 15 minutes just to make sure there's no reaction. Right. Okay. And the only thing that also comes up is if you get a mammogram, not you, well, you could, I guess, get one. Uh, anyway, uh, they make a, a suggestion to people, wait four to six weeks before you get your COVID vaccination because that will change that will change uh, what you see on an image because you may have swollen lymph nodes and so on after a vaccination where your body is fighting it. And then that may be misinterpreted as something on a mammogram and, and put you through that. But one other thing you had the mayor on, um, was it yesterday? Yes. Yes. And you were lamenting that you didn't know about the spring cleanup. Now, you probably get your bills because you're that kind of guy who gets your bills online. Well, yeah. but Or do you get paper? Pat, uh, it may have been printed on the bill, but Pat saw it. I didn't. Okay, because that's where it is. Yeah. The clean, yeah. Okay. But I agree with you. Many people didn't know. I just think they could have promoted it better. They've done so in the past. Do it on your program. Thank Absolutely. you so much, both of you, and have okay. a good rest sure of the thing. day and the weekend. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank Bye-bye. you. You too. All right. Um, let's see here. <coughs> yeah, there's uh, I, one more thing I want to add to that comfort women thing, if I can. And I know we need to move on, but there's uh, apparently some controversy of a statue in the San Francisco area that is commemorating these women who were forced into that sex slavery and the women who were were korean women they weren't japanese they were koreans that were taken by the japanese and forced into that okay so that's the controversy that that maybe our caller heard about yesterday that um the japanese government has long denied justice to these women but other people are saying japan has already apologized well that doesn't take away what happened so anyway just uh, some more information about what that may have concerned my printer this morning um had a little bit of a glitch or two but um i have a story this morning it's missing a few words here and there um but it's it's concerning masking right and uh, now what they're calling a part-time mandate. The writer, who's with the New York Times, (coughs) wrote that last Sunday, he spent nearly five hours on an airplane flying home from West Coast. And he goes on for long stretches of the flight. Whenever the crew was serving food... And then I have some words missing. It says uh, most people had their masks. I, I, I guess I'm having to guess. I have some words missing. But I guess they had their masks on except when they were eating. Although many had them worn below their noses. Okay. So there's a proper way to wear a mask. 
He goes on, my flight was the day before the federal judge threw out the CDC's transportation mask mandate. But my experience was typical, as any recent flyer can attest. The mandate was already more of an aspiration than a reality, which indicates that the ruling may be less important than the furor over it suggests. COVID-19 virus, after all, doesn't take a break from spreading so that you can enjoy an in-flight beverage service. Michael Olstrom, he's a University of Minnesota epidemiologist. As, uh, As he puts it, a mask mandate with as many exceptions as the airline mandate is like a submarine that closes only three of its five doors. (laughs) Okay. On the other hand, research shows that, when used correctly, masks can be a valuable tool for reducing the spread of COVID. How, then, should the country be thinking about masks during the current stage of the pandemic? Well, today's newsletter tries to answer those questions. So we go on. Broad and lenient. The trouble with the transportation mask mandate was that it was both too broad and too lenient. Its breadth required people to muzzle their faces for long periods of time. And most people don't enjoy doing so. If you doubt that, check out the gleeful responses of airline passengers and schoolchildren when they told them they didn't have to wear masks anymore. A central lesson of public health is that people have a limited capacity to change their routines. They're not machines. And for that reason, the best responses to health crisis, crises depend on triage with political leaders prioritizing the most valuable steps that people can take. Whenever politicians impose rules that are obviously ineffective, they undermine the credibility of the effective steps. Well, the transportation mandate had so many exceptions that many Americans understandably questioned its worth. Travelers took off their masks to eat and drink. Some flight attendants removed their masks to make announcements. Some passengers wore their masks on their chins. The mandate also did not require N95 or KN95 masks, which are more effective against the virus than the cloth masks or standard medical masks. Well, these problems open doors on the mask mandate submarine. Help explain the pandemic conundrum. Rigorous laboratory tests show that masks reduce COVID transmission. 
but supporting real-world evidence tends to be much weaker. Well, there's more on this topic on the New York Times uh, website. And if you'd like to uh, become more aware of uh, the rights and wrongs, please do so. Of course, here in Athens, masks are pretty rare now. Um, now, how are we doing on shots and the, um, what do they call it, vaccines? Yeah. Uh, we're doing good. Other parts of the state are doing better. And I'm talking about a difference of 10%. So maybe, you know, 65% of Athenians have gone through the entire process. Uh, some have had several shots, but not four yet. Vaccines, that is. Um, and that number is more like 75%. But, you know, statewide, 77% have been fully vaccinated. So, you know, I am, I don't think I'm careless, but I am not wearing a mask anymore. I have received my two initial vaccines plus the two boosters. Um, and I feel very fortunate that that I've uh, missed or escaped or uh, avoided getting COVID. All right, we got about three minutes left in this week's program. Uh, today being a Friday edition. Let's do uh, some of the funner stuff. Funner stuff. Okay, so famous birthdays. You ready? Yes. Betty Page. I only have a faint memory of her. She was an actress. She lived, uh, born in 1923 and died. Um, in fact, she was born on this date in 1923 and died in 2008. Betty Mae Page was an American model who gained notoriety. See, they use this word again, notoriety. That means bad publicity, notoriety. Okay, not, not we'll go to me. on. I know it doesn't, but if you look up the definition of notoriety, that's what it says. But anyway, I, I've heard news people using that on the major news networks too, still. But uh, anyhow. Notoriety, notoriety is negative? Yeah. I'll be done. I'll give you the definition here in a moment. In the 1950s, for her pinup photos, she was often referred to as the queen of pinups. Her shoulder to armpit length jet black hair, blue eyes, and trademark bangs have influenced artists for generations. Okay. Jack Nicholson celebrating his 85th birthday today. Vladimir Lenin. Born in 1870 on this date. No, 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 no. I had Jack Nicholson wrong. Today is his birthday. 
85th birthday. Vladimir Lenin was born on this date in 1870. He died in 1924. Okay, what about... uh Notoriety definition. You ready? Yeah. The state of being famous or well-known for some bad quality or deed. Oh. That comes from the Oxford Dictionary. Well, I had no idea. Yeah, I mean, some people use that word. They just throw it out there because they've heard it so many times before that they think, well, that must be a good thing. <laughs> so if someone's notorious, Yeah. that's negative? Yeah. Yep. Two famous deaths to mention. This first one I really don't know. It's Anne Bonny, B-O-N-N-Y, and Anne is has an E on the end of it. Oh, Anne was a pirate, an Irish pirate operating in the Caribbean, one of the few female pirates in recorded history. And she, we've got about, what, 20, 30 seconds? She was born in 1702, died in 1782, and then lastly, Richard Nixon, who died on this date in 1994. Former president. There you have it. We're out of time, aren't we? Pretty oh. close. We got ten seconds. Do we? Yeah. Okay. Well, folks, have mar- a marvelous weekend. Eighty-four. Be nice. Eighty-four today. No, eighty-five today. Eighty-four tomorrow. Seventy-seven. In our seventy-second year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM nine seventy and ninety-seven point one FM. CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. Confusion still reigns. Days after a federal judge struck down the CDC's mask mandate at airports and on public transit, city officials in Philadelphia are expected to speak this hour about reinstating masking rules Monday, only to vote last night to drop them again. This Philly commuter is shrugging his shoulders. I never really saw the point of it. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, definitely should have lifted. You know what I mean? Like, it shouldn't, it shouldn't have been a mandate to begin with. Starting today, travelers in Los Angeles will have to mask up again because of another surge in COVID cases there. But back and forth is the pain. I just wish we got a clear answer on what we're going to do with this whole mask mandate. It just seems confusing. The Justice Department is appealing the decision to do away with masking on transit and at airports nationwide. There's an uproar on Capitol Hill over a leaked phone call between House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy and Congresswoman Liz 